Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. One of the things that Patty likes to do, she, she likes to watch a lot of the Hallmark movies. And I can't, I can't stand the love stories, so I can't watch them with her. But she, she watches a lot of the murder mysteries, and she knows I really I enjoy them. I really enjoy uh, them a lot. And we've been watching lately um, some of the old Perry Mason movies. Not, not the hour shows, because they had an hour show back in the 60s, I think. But th- this was around 1990. So it's only 30 years old instead of 50 years old. But I, I was watching one uh, the other day, which I, and I really enjoyed it. But um, his secretary, who had moved on, uh, is uh, being indicted for murder, where she was kind of set up for this, uh, to make it look like she had murdered somebody that they were trying to murder. But anyway, during the courtroom scene, uh, Perry Mason has uh, somebody in kind of the audience, like where you guys are, uh, and he brings, he brings up the eyewitness, quote, eyewitness to the murder. And that, nobody really eyewitnessed it, but they did eyewitness a woman kind of walking out the door really quickly right after the murder. So they were assuming that that was the murderer. And that was his, his secretary. So during the courtroom scene, he asked somebody in the, in the audience, he had, he had this set up, to, to suddenly make a noise and get up and run out of the room. And while the witness was, the eyewitness was up there. So he started questioning the eyewitness. What did you say? Because he was just saying, you know, how, how sharp was the thing? And she was really sharp as a tack. Um, uh, Oh, it had a purse that was white with blue stripes and had a, had a purple dress on and this hat and everything. Described the woman perfectly. So he called the woman back into the room after she had described everything. And he said, well, you missed one important point. And he took the, the woman's wig off and was a man. Wasn't even a woman proving that what she saw running out the door at that time wasn't necessarily a woman and wouldn't necessarily have been her. And he went on later on. Of course, he wins the case. I don't think he ever lost. But, uh, he, you know, but it was cute. But sometimes, my point is, we don't always see exactly what we think we see. And there's a lot of things going on in our nation today that are actually things that are going on because they're going on spiritually in the heavens. And the result of this, you know, evil fighting good that we see on earth, the evil fighting good. We see, we see a lot with First of all, the uh, the riots and the violence that's going on over race and the hatred that that comes about from that. But these are things that are going on in the heavenlies that Satan really is 
riling up things on earth, and you can see what that does. And even this, the, the COVID disease is somewhat demonic. I don't know if it's exactly Satan. I know it wasn't from God, so I'm assuming it must be from, from Satan. And it's just, you can see all the, all the, the, the stuff that's being promoted because of this. All the confusion that's coming about where there's so much we, we still don't know. Doctors argue with doctors and politicians argue with politicians and it's creating a lot of unrest in the country. And that's not a godly thing. That's what Satan wants because the more unrest you have, the more confusion you have. So a lot of times what we need to understand is some of our praying has to be in the heavenlies and not so much as to what we're just seeing that's going on on the earth because what's happening in the heavenlies is really where the, the prayer needs to be. Um, there is a, a, a scripture where in Ephesians 6.12, and it's a very familiar um, scripture, but basically it has to do with the powers and the principalities, and it's just saying our battle, our fight is not so much on this earth. Our battle is in those heavenlies against the powers, against the principalities, against the rulers in this dark age. All of those things are the things that we need to be fighting against, praying against. Some of those principalities, by the way, very, very quickly, uh, are principalities over large areas. And individually, you can't just bind them and say that they're, that's, you know, they're, they're going to be powerless. We need corporate prayer to do that. Something you're going to be doing the next two Saturday nights, that corporate prayer can work against these principalities, because, probably because they're more powerful and they seem to extend out a little bit more. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for what you show us in your word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we see that the battles, the battles that we have are, are in the heavenlies. And Lord, we want to be able to understand that more. We want to spend more time with you, more time praying and uh, helping out, Lord, in, in all of these areas that, uh, where you show us that prayer is, is so important, Lord God, to uh, enable us to live in a uh, peaceful place, a peaceful country, and in a place, Lord, where we can uh, serve you and worship you without anyone uh, interfering with that. In Jesus' name, we pray that, Lord. I'd like you to turn to, uh, if you are going in your Bibles, into the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. I entitled my sermon, Seeing Through Blind Eyes. How would that work, seeing through blind eyes? It only works in the spiritual. 
And I'd like to read the, the story and then spend some time talking about seven verses in the Bible in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. And this is the story of Bartimaeus. We'll read it through first once, and then we'll come back and go over some of the verses and glean out of this what we can. What things can we see in the spiritual here? Okay, so starting in verse 46, now they came to Jericho. And this is Jesus. He had just finished speaking. He was actually traveling to Jerusalem. If you go way back in the Gospel of Mark, he was leaving the area of Galilee and going into Jerusalem. So now he's coming in. It says he's just coming. He came to Jericho. Jericho is close to Jerusalem, so he's almost where he was heading heading for. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So, just seven verses, quick story, but there's a lot in here. There's a lot of things that we can glean out of this. So, let's go back to verse 46. It says in verse 46, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, one of the things, Bar means son of. So Bartimaeus is son of Timaeus. And he wouldn't give up on that. He kept calling out Jesus' name. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And Jesus responds to that. We have to remember that in prayer. We can never pray too much or ask too many times the same thing. Jesus commends us for doing that. Okay, so we have to remember that in our prayers that we have to be persistent. God wants us to be persistent with Him. Okay, why? I don't know. It's just the way He is. He wants that. I think He wants us to be hungry enough in asking for things. That's what we've been talking about. Jay and I have been preaching on hunger, being hungry for God. And that's one of the things that he was. So we see that in his persistence. Here's the third thing that I'm seeing in these two verses. And I'm going to read it again. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
the Messiah who was coming was recognized as being in the lineage of David. So when Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, he was literally saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah. Now, Jesus has this huge crowd of people all around him. How many of them are recognizing that he's the Messiah? He's got the Pharisees, a lot of the Jewish people there. Jewish, I mean, people that have been studying scriptures for years. They're not recognizing him as the Messiah. In fact, they're trying to trick him, find things when they said wrong, and all kinds of things like that. He didn't want, you know. But he was um, recognized, Bartimaeus was recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. So let's go on. It says in verse 50. Oh, let's go to 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Back in those days... When people wanted to beg by the roadside, they had to be recognized as having a disability. If your disabilities, Barbara, <laughs> you work with all the time, people with disabilities. But this is worse, because he's blind. Right? So he's a blind man, and he has to get permission to sit on the roadside and, and beg. Because you aren't just, anybody just couldn't go out. It's not like here in New York City, you go into Grand Central Station and you got all these kids that are begging for money. Okay? They made a career out of it. Alright? They didn't have that back then. So you had to get permission. And the permission was granted by the type of cloak that they put around you. And the cloak had certain colors to it that would indicate what was wrong with you. In other words, if you were blind, um, maybe it was uh, blue or something. I don't really know the colors. So if he had a, a blue cloak on, that would indicate that he was allowed to beg and that he was a blind man. Okay? So he takes his cloak off, which he was not allowed to do because he was still blind. And he put it aside. And that showed his faith in Jesus. Because he was treating the, the miracle as having happened already. And it hadn't happened. Because Jesus was just calling him. But the minute Jesus called him, he took his cloak off. An act of faith to show that he really wanted to you know, do and, and be healed of this. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? We have seen this over and over again in Scripture. Jesus asked, he knows what the person wants. 
He knows blind Bartimaeus wants to sight. He didn't really have to ask him, not for his own knowledge, but he had to ask him because he wanted Bartimaeus to verbally say, this is what I want. And we see this a lot of times in Scripture, where he'll actually ask them. And I think even in the New Testament, I think uh, later on, Peter did the same thing with people that were, you know, asking them specifically what they wanted, even though you kind of already know what they want. But he wants you to verbally say it, to, to, to pray that thing, that uh, whatever that might be. So the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Just, just, and Jesus then said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And we, we see this frequently also. Jesus says, It's your faith that made you well. It's really important when we're asking for healings or praying for people's healings that that faith be there, that the belief that Jesus is going to, to do that. We don't understand, once again, why healings sometimes take place and sometimes do not. It's just one, it's one of those things where, you know, God does things in the secret place. We, we don't necessarily understand every reason why God does things or doesn't do things in, in relationship to healings. It's one of those kind of like mysteries. God does, we, we say it's his will, you know, within scripture. Uh, what we don't know is, is, if, is there lack of faith or is there a reason why? I, I always think uh, the best example is Johnny Erickson Tyler. Uh, I know she prayed for healing. And I know that many people were praying for her for healing for a long time when, when she first had her injury and she spent uh, a lot of time in the hospital. And yet she was never healed. But look at the fruit that came from her life. I mean, it's just a, just a marvelous amount of fruit. So, you know, it's, it's things that we just don't know, we don't understand. Um, I often wonder, are you going to explain all this stuff to this when we get to heaven, or won't it matter when we get there? I don't, I don't know. But the trust has to be there. You know, part of faith is that trust that we have in, in, in God and, and, and being trusting in the answer. But doing everything that we're supposed to do. So what God shows us to do, that's what we do. And, you know, if that just doesn't come about the way we want it to, then we have to just accept that and, and accept the fact that we might not totally understand what the reason was for this. So we're seeing Bartimaeus here who has seen certain things through spiritual eyes. He recognizes the Messiah, which many that at that time, even though they were very learned, very well, you know, uh, um, memorized lots of scripture from the Old Testament and stuff, st- still, Bartimaeus sees it, and a lot of people do not. So, there's a lot of things that happen and are happening today 
within that spiritual world that we need to recognize sometimes. And these are the ones, these are the things that I see. And you can agree or disagree with that, or you may say additional things to that. But I see three spiritual things that are happening today. One is the spirit of fear that has been created uh, with the COVID, but has been promoted by, number one, the media, and number two, uh, I think, politics and, and all the political game that can come from that. All right, But that fear of having a disease, and for certain, some people, it's that fear of dying. If I get the disease, I'm going to die. I don't want to die, so... I'm going to try and prevent that. So we need to pray against that spirit of fear because fear paralyzes people. You don't, you don't do anything. You don't even make sense as to what you're saying or doing anymore because you're so uh, afraid. And uh, there is a, a, a scripture that I uh, wanted to share. Let's see if I have that. Uh, Romans... 8.15, I believe, is the one. And I'll... Romans 8.15. Oh, uh, there's a lot of scriptures on it. Yeah, but this, this one I wanted to show you. Um, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The bondage is slavery. You did not receive the spirit of slavery again to fear. See, fear creates slavery. It removes your freedom. Jay has preached on this so many times. That I, I, I bet you we've all lost count about being free because that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be slaves to anything except to God. Right? But fear brings on slavery. Okay? So if we give in to that spirit of fear, which is not godly at all, it is not a spirit, it's not, it's not any Holy Spirit at all. It's, a, it's a, uh, a demonic spirit that will lock us down. I know that one of the things that I had to be delivered from when I first came to the Lord was the spirit of fear. And I had that, and I, and I remember how it would just lock me up. It would really, you know, just paralyze me. So I, I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't... Uh, not, I don't mean physically, but I couldn't do anything spiritually because my mind would always go to the fear. So if I tried to pray, I would be thinking about the spirit of fear and what I was afraid of and so on. And I had to be delivered from that in order to get there. We're really seeing that big time right now. The next spirit I, uh, I'm seeing is the spirit of hate. And we really see that with uh, the, the race riots and, the, you know, the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa and all of those things, that there's a, a spirit of hate that 
is involved here. Here's the thing with a, a lot of times when you see these things is there's good things that kind of get blend in with the, the, the evil, the bad things. And they kind of blend together. I, I, I think maybe the best example or the clearest one I can give right now is like Black Lives Matter. So do Black Lives Matter? Of course they do. Of course Black Lives Matter. The problem is not with the statement. The problem is with the movement. There is a movement that is demonic. That's Black Lives Matter. You know, it's it's not the statement because all lives matter. But the the movement comes from something that is from Antifa, which is uh, Marxist, and that's where the confusion comes in. Because if you're talking to somebody and you and you're just talking about Black Lives Matter, no matter which side you come on. You're against it or for it, you're wrong. Because it, it, it's different in everybody's mind. And it makes it confusion. So that spirit has caused a spirit of confusion, which has brought about a spirit of hate. Because people immediately think you're against them. And that's not the intent of, of any of that. So that spirit of hate just loves it, loves to fill people with that and then of course you, you don't have that unity that we need to have again when I go back to what we were praying about before and I said we had to pray together to overcome some of the spirits and principalities and powers you have to pray in unity in order to overcome those spirits if there's any division even within a group of people that are praying your prayer is not going to be answered. You're not going to have any power in those prayers at all. Because it doesn't have the unity that we need to have. Okay? You look back to the apostles when, when, uh, uh, when they were praying even for the move of the Holy Spirit during that ten days between the ascension into heaven and Pentecost. There were ten days in there when there were 70 in the room and they were praying in unity. When, uh, after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they were praying in unity. This is mentioned over and over again. That's how you pray, your corporate prayers get answered when you're praying in, in unity. But the spirit of hatred brings about division. That's what we're concerned about here. And we have to pray against that spirit and not allow it. So, the spirit of fear, of hate, and the third one that I see is the spirit of greed. And I see a lot of that going on now with the, the, the vaccine thing. And, um, you know, uh, we, uh, the various groups that are trying to get the vaccine because of whether is the one that gets the vaccine out there is going to be multi-multi-millionaire, you know, because they're going to make everybody get it or try and make everybody get it, but they'll sell a lot of vaccines once it's out there. But you can see the greed that comes in, in there because 
there are medicines out there that doctors have used to uh, overcome COVID-19 that have worked. That have worked in every case that they were able to use it on. And now all of a sudden, that has been taken off the market. And nobody can get that. And whether or not you agree or disagree with the you know, the, the medicine they would, they would use or whether you would take it or not take it doesn't matter. But you can see the spirit of greed coming in there where they were actually able to take it off the market so that nobody could get it and now you have to get the vaccine. Okay, so that's the, the, the various spirits that I'm seeing that really need to be prayed about so that those spirits are bound and in that that's what we're looking at in the spiritual world. And that's what I'm seeing. Bartimaeus could see that. He could see into that spiritual world. That's why he could recognize the Messiah uh, that the Pharisees couldn't, couldn't recognize. Okay, um, let's finish up with Bartimaeus now. And i got to get back to Mark. So we were at verse 52. It said, Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Do you think he was hungry? <laughs> the guy. He immediately follows Jesus. So it sounds like I mean, we don't know any more about Bartimaeus than what we read here. Seven verses. But it sounded like he was a, a godly man. He recognizes the Messiah, receives his sight from Jesus, throws off his cloak early, showing that he had faith, and then he immediately follows Jesus. when all, all is done. So, we're looking... At, at ourselves now and saying, can we be like Bartimaeus? Can we be hungry enough for God that whatever God shows us, that's what we're going to do? Are we desperate enough for the things that we have been praying for, for revival? I hear it so often, we need revival, we need revival. But there's a price we have to pay to bring about revival. It's not just going to come because people say we need it. They're right. We do need it. And when you look at what's going on, we need it. But it's not going to come unless we're on our knees. We need to repent and we need to be in prayer about, about this. I think God wants revival too. But I think he's waiting until we're ready to receive it. And we're not ready to receive it unless we have repented and, you know, gotten down on our knees over that. So I think Bartimaeus was example for us. If we spend time in Scripture, 
it would be good to go back over uh, that story. And again, it's only seven verses. But there's so many things in there that showed that he was a man after God's heart. Even though he was a blind beggar, probably homeless, who just sat by the road, unnoticed, he didn't care what people said about him. When people told him to shut up, he ignored them. Okay? And, you know, there's so many times when uh, I, I think that we have opportunities to witness to people and we're afraid of what people might think of us or maybe it, it wasn't the, the exact right opportunity and, you know, we Somebody might say something negative about us because of that. Now, maybe if we just think about how brave Bartimaeus was, that even though he had all these people around him telling him to shut up, he kept yelling out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your love. We thank you for everything that you give us, for all the things that you show us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as uh, as we move forward, Lord, that we would just continue to grow in you, to grow more and more, to draw closer to you, that our relationship with you would become more intimate. And Lord, that we would not miss opportunities where we could be a witness for you, whether it be, uh, be at times when we have a chance to say something or just the time uh, that our actions would show uh, the joy that we have in you. So whatever they might be, Lord God, we just uh, uh, praise you in it. We thank you for it. And we want to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray.